get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What's up, everybody? This is Michael Aaron, aka Tipsy Russell, and I'm here with B Rock Steady. Indeed, indeed, we're back for what is going to be a special episode of both Earth's Mightiest Cast and What Up Though Podcast because I'm going to put it on both feeds for uh, our respective fans of each uh, each podcast to listen to. So um, we're going to talk about pretty in get pretty in depth on the season six finale of Game of Thrones. Uh, as anybody who knows me knows, I'm a huge fan, and we've talked about it before on um, on Earth's Mightiest Cast. So uh, we're just going to dive right in. Uh, what do you think about the episode? Oh, man, I thought it was great. Um, of course, I had my little stuff um, I wasn't exactly happy with, but for the most part, I was really pleased with everything. Um uh, I'm like I'm liking how it looks like we're going to progress into next season. Um, so yeah, I was really happy with it, and the season overall much better than last season, in my opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I also really, really enjoyed the episode. I when we get uh, into like a scene by scene kind of analysis, I might come across things that I didn't particularly care for, but at the as the episode was ending, I couldn't really have, I didn't really have any complaints. Oh, well, no, I, I take that back. I did have one, but uh, even that I could kind of overlook. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was probably the strongest finale we've had so far. And one of the better episodes of the, of the series. I don't throw that around often. I heard a lot of people were uh, kind of, you know, they were saying, oh, episode nine was the best episode of the series, best episode. Now they're like, episode 10, best episode of the series. And I, I don't throw that around too much, but because I didn't say that at all about episode nine. But um, I, I do think that this is one of the better episodes of the series. I kind of ranked my episodes of the series based upon how emotionally wrecked I was by the events that took place. And while a whole lot of really cool stuff happened in this episode and there was a whole lot of big reveals and stuff like that. There, there was nothing that happened that had me kind of like emotionally shaken where I've had moments like that in uh, previous episodes. So that's kind of how I rank them for me. But um, I'd give it a I'd probably give it a strong 9.5 out of 10. Did you give a rating? Um, I didn't, but I was around a 9, too. Uh, I would definitely give it a 9 for sure. Cool. cool. Um, I, I could probably even go higher if I really think about about it but for me it's hard because like where you've re rewatched all the seasons recently and you even started watching later on some of the seasons I haven't even watched since the first time they aired oh, wow. so it's like they're not fresh enough in my memory to really give a, a an exact rating at this point because it's been so long well we can always or revisit the uh season rankings and episode rankings later once we've had time to do rewatches. Yeah, yeah. So, um 
Well, uh, actually, that my follow up question was going to be if you had an idea on where you would rank this season among the six. Um, uh, do you? I was going to assume that you didn't now, but you might. Mm. What are we at? Six. Okay, if you, <laughs> we're doing the wrong. You're doing the wrong podcast. You can't remember what season we're on. <laughs> oh, it's season six, so. I would probably put this in my top three mm-hmm. seasons of GOT. What would be the other two? Um, uh, let's see. Seas- okay, I'm going to have to, I can't even remember what exact seasons were which, so I'm going to just have to name episodes <laughs> that happened in that season. You could tell me what season Okay, it was. okay, we'll, we'll do that. Like, we'll do of that. course, um, season, oh, season four, I know would be amongst the top. I think that's where Joffrey died and all of that stuff, Oberyn. That's four, right? Yes. You hear me? No, you were gone for a minute. Oh, I said yes. I got, I did say it kind of quietly, though. But yes, that's right. Season four. Okay, so that would probably be in my top three. And then my other one... What happened in season two? Okay, Ned died. That was all still season one. I really like season one, too. Okay. I know a lot of people don't rank it high, but I really, really like season one. And and that's like one of the only seasons I've rewatched recently, and I still really like it. Hmm. So, um, do, do, do. Which one was the boring one? Was it season two or three? Probably two. Okay, then I, I like season three, too. Okay. Five, I didn't like at all. Like, with the exception of Hard Home. Five is my last. Yeah, and it's a shame because Hard Home was one of the best, I can't even call it one of the best episodes, it was just one of the best segments out of an otherwise boring episode, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I uh, probably put five last too. Yeah, real quick touching on that since we're not going to talk about episode nine, but I did want to point out that I've given episode nine a lot of, a great deal of thought, I've rewatched it uh, a couple of times actually. And then I rewatched Hard Home again, uh, maybe, what's today, Tuesday, probably Saturday, I rewatched Hard Home again, or possibly Sunday. And um, I can say that I feel that Battle of the Bastards was the better overall episode by a fairly large margin, but I still feel that Hard Home was the better sequence, the fight, the battle at Hard Home. Oh. The battle. I can absolutely agree with that because I don't know. I I think part of it is because first of all, like Hard Home, it was so unexpected. Yeah. Especially after the first forty-five minutes of the episode were just so blah, and and that just came kind of out of nowhere. It was lots of special effects. We learned a lot. It was just a lot that happened in those last 15 minutes, and it was just it was just excellent, and it was completely unexpected. Um, with the Battle of the Bastards, I thought it was a better episode overall. For one, we knew kind of what it was going to be coming into it, so it was a lot of anticipation, like a lot of buildup, and I just thought a lot of the scenes were good, even leading up to the battle, and um, I just thought over. Overall, that whole entire episode was phenomenal. 
but I can definitely agree that as far as the whole fighting sequence goes, Hard Home was better. I mean, they probably spent millions just on that one episode. Not even the whole episode, but just those 15 minutes. They probably spent millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll get into episode rankings and season rankings in a in another episode, I'm sure, before uh, season seven comes around. But let's uh, let's dive into this uh, this um, season six finale recap. So um, season six opens at King's Landing. Uh, we see various shots of people getting prepared for Cersei's trial. We see Cersei getting ready. We see Marjorie. We see Tommen. Um, then we proceed to cut between various scenes of it, it was almost kind of uh godfather-esque uh have you seen the godfather movies of course <laughs> okay hey can't assume but uh there's a there's a sequence in the godfather part two where while uh michael corleone is christening one of the best sequences in any movie ever while michael corleone is at his his kids christening he's having all the various mob bosses of other families getting killed and oh, yeah, that's that was a yeah and that's kind of what we had happening here. We we see, we watch Cersei's plan unfold. We see uh, Kyburn's little birds kill Maester Pycelle. We see uh, the setup that of Cersei having the uh, wild, well, she didn't have it there, but she found out that the wildfire was under the sept and, and Lancel was set up uh, to, to go down there. We see all that go up. Uh, so we know Marjorie's in there. We know... Uh, uh, High Sparrow is in there. Everybody's in there. All of that, although it was fine to watch, I I thought the whole King's Landing stuff was just too long. Why and is that? that it's just unnecessary to me. Like, Pycelle could have easily burned in the set with everybody else. Why? I feel like they took, I just added extra minutes by having him be killed separately and then having that, um, that conversation with Kyburn that wasn't really necessary and even the stuff with Lancel I thought that was like he could have just died in the set with everybody else did we really need to see him chasing this little boy for four or five minutes I, I don't know I mean I, I didn't think it was bad or anything but I just thought I, I didn't need to see 30 minutes of King's Landing in the finale for one it, it like you said for some people the explosion was probably really emotional, but I wasn't really emotionally attached to any of the characters that died. So, you know, I mean, I don't want to say I didn't care, but really I didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have any emotional attachment to any of the characters either, but the the scene was impactful for me because of the gravity of what was taking place, seeing that Cersei was basically killing everybody in one felt swoop. And as far as like the Lancel and Pycelle thing, I think that was more of a way of showcasing what was going on outside of the Sept. Because if they were all in there, it kind of would have just been like, okay, I mean, it. They could have, I guess, shown the wildfire, and they could have shown, you know, in in some other way. But I think they looked at it as it's a, a bit more compelling if we take a character like Pycelle, who people already kind of feel like his time he needs to go. You know, we can have him pulled away from the Sept, and then we could see. Uh, what exactly Kyburn has done to these kids to make them like killers. So like, I think that was more of a, not just let's kill Pycelle, but let's show, uh, let's make, let's make Kyburn look like a real piece of shit because he's got these kids doing these killings now. 
And then yeah. with Lancel going off, it was to show just how the wildfire was set up. And so that people could get an idea of, of a, a, a more a, a more compelling reveal for the wildfire for people who hadn't already pieced it together. So um, I didn't uh, I didn't really I didn't have any problem with the length of it. I thought it was pretty compelling stuff to watch it unfold. Like I said, it reminded me so much of The Godfather. So I thought that was dope. And then at the end of all that, uh, <laughs> Tom and commit suicide in, in, in <laughs> spectacular fashion. His fall, <laughs> like I was waiting to see memes or something on the way he fell out that window. <laughs> that was like one of those like bungee jumps where they stand on the edge and they like <laughs> hold their hands out and they just fall forward. That was, I know. That was phenomenal. And I, and like I, I really laughed out loud, out loud when it happened because it was just they made it look so funny. Oh, I was, but, I was blown away. I was, I like, I, I didn't, I was. Like I, we all just sat here with our mouths hanging open. Like wh what? Because we nobody saw that coming. Like it's like he walked away, and then they're like lingering on the on the background. I'm thinking like, wow, they really want this to hit. Oh shit! What's that? Oh 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 shit! Okay, he's dead now. Like <laughs> like that. Like it was totally unexpected. So that that was yeah. Because wow. I thought he was gonna die in the finale, but I didn't know he was gonna die that way. <laughs> Yeah, it was so unexpected. Like that was actually probably the most that that and one other scene, which obviously we'll discuss later, were probably the two most shocking scenes for me. And it wasn't so much a uh, like they were so impactful. It was just like they just kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, "Whoa, what, wait, what's happening? Whoa, whoa, oh, okay." Like that, like that was there were two scenes like that that really kind of kind of struck me. So, um, what I want to uh, ask you about the King's Landing scene: How'd you feel about the music? Did you notice it? Oh yeah, like from the beginning, as soon as it started, um, I I thought it was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I uh, as soon as it started, uh, my wife and I both looked like oh, this sounds like it's something from the leftovers, and it, it felt very, uh, it was jarring to the point that I mean it stood out and everybody noticed it because it was something that didn't sound like Game of Thrones music. And no, it sounded a more modern. Yeah, and what we do, but it it it, it fit with the tone of yeah, that. Yeah, really well. It was really good. Yeah, yeah um, you felt like something was about to happen. Yep, yep. Right from the beginning, like as soon as they opened, it started playing. I also really, it's like like I I pretty much loved everything about the King's Landing sequence. Because I felt like the music played perfectly with the tone. It built up that tension to let you know that something was about to go down. The the way it, like I said, the way it was like the Godfather, how it had the the various, all these important people getting knocked off while Cersei's just chilling outside of the whole situation. And then even right down to the costume. Like, I thought Cersei's outfit was so badass. It was. It was really good. And it, it's something that you wouldn't expect her to wear. Either and I, I noticed it as soon as they showed the lady dressing her. I'm like, what? What is she wearing? Because yeah. it it doesn't look like what we're used to seeing her. But it again, it just fit with the tone of the episode so perfectly. So we had a great number of deaths uh, <laughs> in this sequence. So you, we have Lancel. We have we have well we have Lancel and Maester Pycelle. We have everybody who was in the sept, which included. Mace Tyrell, Kevin Lannister, Marjorie, Loris, the High Sparrow, probably all the other Sparrows. Like, it, right. they, 
I think it's it, it. You have to really sit down and think about it like that. One move took out almost all the power players in King's Landing. Well, actually, I don't yeah. think you could say almost. Everybody, everyone is dead. And then Tommen <laughs> took himself out. And then Tommen took himself out because even when they crowned her at the end, I had to think. I'm like, wow. I guess there are no Lannisters left now, but her and Jaime. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's no Baratheons left now. So I was like, I guess she would be queen. <laughs> like I was really trying to think about it. There's a Baratheon bastard somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, but he's still a bastard, and I know, we know but he's somewhere. <laughs> he's still rowing. Yeah, he's <laughs> somewhere. somewhere. They gotta bring him back at some point. They can't just leave it. When when Arya was uh, still uh, in Bravos, somebody mentioned like Arya does Arya does need a boat back to Westeros. I'm sure Gendry's <laughs> out there somewhere. But uh, did too you have a, what was that? I said that's too funny. Yeah. Did you so? Did you have any other thoughts on King's Landing? I actually have the episode playing right now while we're recording. It's, it's playing the King's Landing stuff right now. But um, I, I don't thought think I have anything else. Was when the um sep exploded and the bell fell and hit that guy outside, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they showed his body splattered. I thought that was pretty cool, even though it was only for a second. I just thought that was a really cool scene. Speaking of splattered bodies, I I, I don't want to get too far off course, but when one one whipped that ripped that guy in half in uh in the Battle of the <laughs> Bastards, the Battle of Bastards. Oh yeah. man, I'm all about over the top violence, like really over the top, which is why I love like <laughs> the Expendables and like Rambo movies and stuff like oh, that. Because the plot lines, like nine ninety nine out of a hundred times, I hate movies with like really stupid plot lines. But if right. they cancel out those stupid plot lines with like incredibly grotesque, over the top, <laughs> ridiculous, I'm talking like heads getting chopped off bodies exploding from the inside like I'm, I'm talking way over the top violence it's i'm i'm fine i'll overlook whatever weak plot plot device you have <laughs> so seeing a guy get ripped in half by a giant with his bare hands that that cut that that fits the mold right there i also yeah. like the fact that the high sparrow put on a fresh and clean potato bag for the trial did you notice that <laughs> i was looking what's <laughs> like when he was getting dressed, I'm like, oh, so he does have different ones. Because I, I swear, it looks like he wears the same one every single day without washing. <laughs> I'm like, he got on a clean potato bag. It's ironed. I'm like, man, he might even have on socks. And I was like, nah, probably not. Probably still walking around looking like a hobbit. Mm-mm-mm. That is too funny. But um, do you just want to finish King's Landing while we're here? or? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, there's... Well, I mean, if you mean finished as far as talking about uh, Cersei, um, no, I want to save that for when we get to that point in the show, just because um, we have some feedback that I wanted to discuss that kind of okay. ties into that. So, and I want to save the feedback for the end, so we can leave the Cersei stuff for the the Cersei thing for the end. Okay. So uh, after that, we have a short little scene uh, where we finally see Sam make it to the Citadel. Um, he walks in and uh interesting interestingly that interestingly enough the citadel did not know that uh commander mormont was dead and that john was now the commander i thought that was kind of interesting 
Yeah, he said. No, I it guess... wasn't Mormon. It was uh, he didn't know that Maester Aemon was dead because he said the Maester didn't tell us this, and then he's like, "Oh, Maester Aemon's dead." Yeah, I guess Miss Maester Aemon would have been the one that write them, send them the Raven, letting them know that the commander changed. But like Sam said, he got sick like pretty much right after the election. So yeah. So and then uh, the I don't even know what you would call this guy who. Uh, who greets Sam and Gilly, but he takes uh, he takes Sam away, saying that he's going to meet with the Archmaester later, and then he says, you can wait in the library, and then makes Sam and uh, little Sam and Gilly wait in, I guess, whatever you would call this, the lobby. <laughs> and <laughs> and then Sam and then Sam walks into the into the library and immediately orgasms. Like It, it was a badass library, though. Like, when he first walked in, you know, it just, it didn't look like much but once he got to to the middle and you just look out and oh man it was really a beautiful shot yeah uh I, if you're I, a fan of libraries <laughs> yeah and and i'm a fan of sam so i was happy for sam in that moment um i kind of feel like i don't want to say we could have done without that scene because i would have if we hadn't have gotten that scene, I would have ended the season wondering, okay, so the last time we saw Sam, he was stealing a Valyrian steel sword from his shithead dad. Like, I kind of need some sort of resolution to that storyline. I, d- I didn't mind the scene, but it didn't need to be in the finale. They yeah, could have yeah, put given the that earlier. Ago. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Especially since it didn't come back to them. I, and I was actually kind of mad that they didn't because I feel like they're taking up time in the finale for this that they could have easily thrown in last episode or the episode before, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, have a little bit of a, con- not conclusion to their story, but just show us that they made it there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just felt it was misplaced. It didn't seem like it belonged in this episode. Right. Um, actually, I missed the thing. Before we leave King's Landing completely, I forgot that um, before that scene ended, we had the scene with Cersei and Septa Unello. Uh Oh man, I've been waiting for that. I was so, <laughs> and I called that from whenever, I think it wasn't even this season. It was season, yeah, it could have been this season. It was season five when Cersei said, and she repeated in this scene that she said, my face will be the last face you see before you die. I was like, that oh, is yeah. classic, uh, cliche, tropist foreshadowing i was like there's yeah. no way that that's not how this is going to end up like that's not just the way this show works and the way just the way shows and and stories are scripted and written there's no way that's an empty threat like that is foreshadowing and that is going to happen and when we got that i was like yes i am ready for this so my only question to you what do you think the mountain did to that woman you know, that bounced around in my mind. And even when I watched the episode tonight, because, like, at first I'm like, okay, maybe he's, like, raping her or something. But I don't know. He seemed to be kind of standing up near her head. God only knows what he was doing. I don't even want to know. <laughs> but she was screaming. Well, And uh, he seems like the type that would kind of be a little tough in the beginning, not easily broken, but... Yeah, I think they're going to break her pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. 
probably literally and, and figuratively. You love how Cersei was saying shame when she walked out the room. I did love that. I love, I love that. It. Oh, man. So when I was watching it, there was a part where Cersei was kind of like walking around her and she kind of like ran her finger along her arm. So like, like, and I, I, part of me was thinking like, is this going to somehow turn sexual, but like in a, in a bad way. And so <laughs> when she brought the mountain in, my immediate thought was like, is he going to rape her? And right. then, so I'm not the only person that thought that you thought that I heard, um, uh, on small council, uh, Donald Jr. said that he thought that, and I read an interview. He said he read an interview where Lena Headey kind of implied that that might be what it was. And then mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure this interview that I read about an hour ago is the sa- probably the same interview. And she's, she did say that it was initially a lot worse and they changed it, which makes me think that it might have been originally that, but they changed it because of the backlash from the... From last from season, last probably. Season. Yeah, I and, and I, I thought that too because like he took his mask off and so I figured he was like maybe starting to take his clothes off. But then when I rewatched it tonight, I was looking again a little closer. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe he's not. But that's probably what it is. They just probably don't want to go full in rape because of all the backlash from the Sansa stuff. Right. So, so um, either way, oh, sorry. sucks to be her. <laughs> so. <laughs> It does. So um, next we see Jamie uh, in his, uh, I guess, return. Well, no, I can't say return because he was never really there. Uh, but we see Jamie. Uh, with the phrase. Yeah, with the phrase. Yeah. And um, nothing really happens here. Just Jamie kind of making a comment like, why do we need you? Nothing, nothing too interesting. And But then well, we get well, a, a, the girl kept eyeing him. We find out. Right. Right. So that was kind of it, it seemed. I didn't even put it in my notes initially because I was like, well, that scene didn't really mean anything. It, it comes back around. But, yes, the, there was there was a girl eyeing him, and Brian didn't take too kindly to it, which I get it. You know, you're hanging out with a guy who's getting laid or at least getting it thrown at him just for sitting there and looking good. I, I might be a little <laughs> salty, too. He, she wants you to stick your golden fingers in her why I was cracking up. <laughs> oh, Brian. Brian's yeah, I love awesome. But you know what's funny? When we saw this in the preview, it was that scene where House Frey, um, House Frey, where Lord Frey was giving his speech, and he said the phrase in the Lannisters send their regards, and they put in a drink. And I said Ari is there, and I and me and my friend Ryan were talking about it. I told her I thought that she was going to poison the wine or something. So I kind of thought I, so low of Arya. She's way better than that. Well, she had done poison before, so I don't know. And then, like when it was when him and um, when Jamie and Lord Frey were talking, and I was trying to watch to see if Jamie was gonna drink and like all this stuff. But I, I, I'm actually surprised Jamie made it out there, made it out alive, because I know he was on her list. No, he wasn't. But I guess wasn't he? No, Jamie wasn't on the list. That's what For I was killing gonna say when you said he wasn't gonna be. You surprised me? I'm like, well, Jamie's not on the list. She has to know he killed Jory. Uh, possibly, but I feel like that's such a minor thing in the grand scheme of things that that wouldn't be enough to make her list. 
Like everybody else did something. Everybody else on the list did something a bit more impactful, and something that, if I just running them through my head, was something that she was there for. So, hmm. and she definitely wasn't there when Jamie killed Jory. I just kind of feel like I'm. I'm pretty sure Jamie's not on the list because I can't. Maybe think, I can't even think of why he would be. Starting to get confused. See, I thought he was, but you're right. Maybe he wasn't. But yeah, either way, um, he probably left right away. And she was, yeah. and, and and definitely she was there for Walder, not for because Walder is definitely on the list. So she was there for Walder. Oh, yeah. So probably wasn't thinking about Jamie too much. Maybe she'll. Yeah, either maybe, way, I was surprised he made it out alive. I figured she'd get him too. But I'm, I'm, I love the way she did it because it was so reminiscent of the Red Wedding when they slit Cat's throat right in that same room. Yeah. She got his ass right back. Yeah, and I like how she held his head too. It was almost like she wouldn't want him to even be able to like put his chin down and like kind of like I don't know. Right. Like, like she no held relief it at all. Gotta, yeah, no <laughs> relief whatsoever. But uh maybe who knows, we don't know how the timeline really played out. Maybe she did that and then followed Jamie to King's Landing cuz I mean that'd be her next I would she has That would be her, her next. Uh, yeah. So who knows. But you know I really really want as much as it would be satisfying for her to kill Cersei, I really want it to be Tyrion. I just, I, I want Tyrion to kill Cersei. That would be a hundred times I don't know why. I know why, because it would be a hundred like, times more satisfying. <laughs> I mean, they, they would both be satisfying to me. But um, I, I just really want it to be Tyrion. Yeah, I, I really want it to be Tyrion, especially if he comes like with Daenerys and stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> Speaking of Tyrion, I'd love to see him and uh, him and Jamie reunite, but uh, I also have to remember that they aren't on such good terms. Because I right. thought that they were, but then I was watch rewatching season five, and I remember him being Jamie being pissed off by him killing Tywin, and I'm like, oh, cool. oh yeah, like especially terms. because he's the one that freed him. So, definitely not. Definitely not. So, um... So, moving on. Yeah, moving on. So, uh, we head back to... Where do you want to go? Up north? Yeah. <laughs> Look at you using the map. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go up north from uh, King's Landing to Winterfell. Uh, not going to... Not going to dwell too much on what happens here, but the main plot points... Uh, we have John and um, John and Sansa on. Uh, I don't know what you call this part of a castle, but they're standing on the on, on the. I don't. It's not even a balcony. Room. Know, like, right. It's like we use like these current terms like roof balcony. They're on the Winterfell patio. Like <laughs> they're standing on, standing on the top of the motherfucker looking at shit. I don't know. They're outside and <laughs> but they're they're looking out and I I I like the fact that they were divided on the screen. It was like Sansa was to the left of the screen, John was to the right, and there was like a, I don't know, I guess like a precipice or some part of the castle that came up between them. And they have like a little conversation about, uh, that a, a conversation that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I wanted it to be more of John going, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me? And it was kind of just like, so you trust them? 
not really. All right, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, was, I was wondering was that too. her not telling him that than I wanted him to be. And the other thing that I was a little disappointed in, we got no dialogue between Baelish and John. Like, so we, you know what I mean? No, hey, thanks for helping us out. Or <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. We we got nothing between them. And I, I kind of wanted to see a little of that. I probably would have wanted to see but, that. But, I mean, moment. it's okay. Yeah, in the it's moment, okay. It I, cool. I love it. But yeah. the way that they ended up doing that with Baelish later, I think it kind of would have it would have undercut the the gravity of of seeing Baelish later. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like that. But then they um they also have a nice little conversation about who's going to sleep in their parents' old room and uh we got white ravens you still that there? signify was was Hold that? on, it sounds like I'm losing you. Are you? Oh, there you go. I have to check that in the audio. Um, but they have uh, a nice little conversation about who's going to sleep in their parents' bed. And I want it to be John only because Kat will roll over in her grave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's going to be pissed. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's why the whole time I'm like, oh, John, take the bed. You got to take the bed. You got to take it. <laughs> Yeah, now I think about it. If I was John, I would have demanded to have it just so I could like sleep naked in it and like. <laughs> right. Right. Remember, you wouldn't let me sit at the dinner table, bitch. Like, right. <laughs> now look at me. Right. King of the North. My long bastard locks all over your satin pillowcase. <laughs> yeah, but the white ravens and they find no more winter is coming. Now it's winter is come. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool, the White Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice that when I first watched it. Because, I mean, hey, it's, it's a white bird. I thought it was a dove. Well, I mean, <laughs> White Raven. <laughs> like, okay, there's a dove flying toward Winterfell. That's kind of weird. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. I know. Um, Do you think they should have killed Melisandre? Yeah, I was about to say. So the, then the other part of Winterfell is that Davos confronts Melisandre. Um. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like it doesn't fit John's character to do it just because, I don't know. It's it's almost kind of like, even though it's confirmed, it's kind of like, can you in good conscience kill someone right after they bring you back from the dead? Like, like it's kind of a big yeah, debt that you owe. There's going around that her life is tied to his now and all that craziness. Um, maybe not, but Davos could have still killed her. <laughs> like that that was fucked up. Someone mentioned I mean, I know she brought John but she did burn Shireen alive and I mean it was so fucked up. I still think she has a bigger part to play. And I think that's the only reason it didn't happen, is because they have bigger plans for her later. I mean, hey, she yeah, said now, in season now two that she, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I said she said in season two to Arya that they would meet again, so uh, yeah, you know what I have man. a feeling too. They didn't show him in this episode, but the Hound is with the Brotherhood. I wonder if they'll bump into each other if she's heading south and they're heading north. Uh, that's um, hey, that sounds like that's very likely what's gonna happen. 
I could see that. Hold on, I'm losing you again. Really? What is going on? Yeah, it's like you're coming in and out. I'm checking my Wi-Fi. Everything looks okay. You hear me okay? Yeah, I mean, there's been little weird moments, but it's nothing where I feel like you're going in and out or anything. Okay. Repeat what you last said. I've already forgotten. <laughs> about them running into each other maybe oh. she runs into the brother on the way down yeah i was just agreeing with what you said i think that uh that's probably almost really what's gonna happen i also wonder if and this is totally unrelated i'm back to the audio thing again i wonder if you are not hearing me but everything's still picking up like if i play this back if either one of us will be going out or if it's just our you know what we are hearing you know oh yeah but we'll okay, see. well, it's not okay now. But yeah, so um, no hound, but I think maybe we'll see them next season and maybe Melisandre will bump into them or something. And then you got two priestesses, red priestess and, and a priest together. Yeah. That could be pretty cool. Um, also in the north, uh, we got to talk about that conversation Baelish had with uh, Sansa. So we've, I guess we've always wondered exactly what his end game was, like what he thought. And we kind of had it confirmed in this episode. He wants to sit on the Iron Throne. Yeah, I thought that was, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I haven't heard anyone mention that, but I thought that was kind of, I don't want to say a big reveal because we've always kind of, I guess, assumed that that was where he was going, but he's never outright said it. And I thought that no. was interesting that he did. Yeah, and he wants Sansa to be his queen. I still don't see how he thought giving her to the Boltons would help in that endgame, but maybe he was just trying to trick the Boltons into thinking he was their ally. Seems like he, he could have done it other ways, but... Yeah, why maybe would you... If telling the truth if that he really didn't know about Ramsey as far as him being... A psychopath. Who knows? But even then, he, he set up the marriage to Ramsey. Because you remember his whole, uh, my marriage proposal was accepted and all that. So he, it was his idea. He may not have known that Ramsey was crazy, but he did set up a marriage. Why would you set up a marriage? Yeah. It makes no sense. Hmm. But I, I don't know. Maybe they'll explain it later. Or maybe it's just bad writing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's... It's more than but, um, now we did get confirmation of what his uh his end game was, and he's also trying to say, trying to tell her, hey, you're the rightful lady of Winterfell. Do you want him to follow you, a, a trueborn heir or a bastard from the south? Like he was hating on John really hard in this episode. But I guess he figured if she led the North, and he married her, or something, that would be easier for him to take the throne so he was you could tell he was really not happy when uh lady mormont declared john king in the north and all the other northern northern leader, leaders followed suit he was just sitting in the back with his face you could tell by his face he wasn't happy at all <laughs> yeah i mean everything that he's planned so far i think his plan was to essentially push john out bring sansa in and then hold on in. i lost you Really? Are you are you still losing me? It's like in and out. Start talking. Uh, I was there saying. 
Oh, okay. I was saying that I feel like his whole plan was to push John out and bring Sansa in. This is... What? Hello? Yeah, my is in and out. I'm only hearing, like, every few words. Hmm. Let me look at my... Signal. Do you want to end the call and call back? Can you piece it together later, or do you think... Well, how bad is it? Is it still bad? I heard that. But, like, that's, like, the first full sentence I've heard from you in, like, a minute. Hmm. I don't see anything that's showing signal strength either. Okay, that's fine. Now you sound normal. Hmm. Uh, I'll go over it and see what I can do. Just keep going. Yeah, and, and like I said, if I can pull something out, I will. But I'll I'll scan through it and see. If it's not that bad, I'm not going to worry about it. I still think it might be just like shit that we're hearing or not hearing that might not actually be an issue. But we'll see. Oh. Uh, but I was saying that I think that Baelish's plan was to push John out and bring Sansa in and then come in as her, you know, almost like her assistant. Like, hey, I'm here by proxy of her. And I think with John, with what happened with John, that just threw a wrench in his entire plan. Like, he had built up so much, especially with Sansa. And to have all that go out the window was bad for him. I think that him and John are really going to butt heads. What was that? Yeah, I can't hear you now. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he underestimated John. Like, he probably, okay, this guy, he's... um. He's Lord Commander of Castle Black. He probably had no idea he'd be declared King of the North. I mean, we didn't even have any idea. So that probably just wasn't part of his plan at all. Caught him completely off guard. and He hadn't really planned for it. I think he figured the North would rally behind him, but I don't think he knew it would be to that extent. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think they're really going to have a problem, those two. How much do we love Lady Mormont? She just shut all them old bastards up like, yeah. So he killed your father, he murdered your son, and y'all didn't do shit. <laughs> That's basically what she said. Y'all are a bunch of punks. Yeah, I absolutely love her. <laughs> I don't know how they find a yeah, way to she... make a child badass believable, but they did it. Oh, yeah, she's really good. So... She's really good. Uh, so, uh, do you have anything else about Winterfell? No, I was just wondering, so what do you think is next for them? I don't see them, you know, because John, with him being King of the North, yeah, the Lannisters are their enemies, but he doesn't give a fuck about King's Landing. He doesn't care about the Iron Throne. I don't see them going south at all. I see him trying to prepare for the war that's coming from the other side of the wall. really thought about that too much I, I don't yeah I don't know I might have to save that for later I haven't thought about that at all so I don't really know what I think is going to happen I, I think that they're going to shift their focus toward the wall though I, I feel like before we even have to really worry about King's Landing I mean about King's Landing about Winterfell I think that something's going to go down at the wall and it, that's immediately going to draw their attention yeah and there's going to be some sort of Baelish versus Jon Snow thing going on. 
Especially since yeah. I think Bayless probably knows about John's parentage. I don't think so. Well, the, I didn't either at first, but I think the the reason I think that now is because he did so much to try to push John out. And I think it was almost because he knew that John has a the best claim to the throne of anybody, like period. So he can't very well make his way to the Iron Throne with somebody with with John's true parentage uh, known. So it it wouldn't matter though, because Danny was still she's still a trueborn heir. Where even if John is Rhaegar's son, he's still a bastard. But he can push out. But he can uh, he can worry about Danny later. But like, I think for him, John was an immediate threat if his actual parentage comes out. So I think he kind of looked like, let me push John out and align myself with Sansa, and then I can be in a better position. Like I, I feel like his, but his kind of disdain toward John is based upon him having some sort of knowledge of that situation. I think the disdain is just because he didn't want him to have Winterfell. I think it's all from that. I don't think he knows. Because uh, honestly, I don't. I, the only people that knew were Ned and um, oh, what's his name? Mira and them dead. Howlin' Reed. Howlin' Reed. Yeah. And like he's so loyal to the Starks, he would have never told anybody either. So I honestly don't think anyone knows. There has to be some way. Because there's no. It, 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 well, Bran knows now, but. Who? Bran. Right, right, and that's not good enough because he can't just come say, "Hey, I traveled to the past and I found this out." Like, <laughs> that's not gonna well, work. Well, they can see his powers now, so I, I don't know, but he, it, I'm, it might not work in their favor to even tell John. Like, I, I don't see him as even wanting that for himself. <laughs> hmm. The Iron Throne. Yeah, I don't either, actually. He, like he's more worried about the the White Walkers now. He's seen them face to face. He's seen what they can do. He wants to protect his people. He wants to protect the North. What's left of his family? I don't see him giving a damn about the Iron Throne. And I, honestly, I don't think anybody knows. Well, his his focus on the on the Wall and the White Walkers relies upon him placing what he thinks is the most important thing at the top of his list. If for whatever reason they handle that threat and then he finds out that he has something of a right to the throne, maybe then he will care. Who knows? Mm. I don't know. I, I, my actual guess is that it might not ever come out. His, his, his true parentage may never actually come out. And that'll be something that just we know and that Bran knows and that the fact that we know will make things that happen on screen more impactful for us. Like the people on with within that world might not understand the gravity of whatever situation, but with us knowing who he is, I think that that will make certain things more impactful for us. Like to, to give I think when Danny gets to Westeros and say they're at war or whatever, and John's able to command one of the dragons or something <laughs> like that. That's what I'm hoping happens, or he's able to ride a dragon or something, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't know why I just see that in my head. <laughs> well, no, that's... but I actually think they'll be allies because, like I, I've said before, I think 
Danny's dragons can kill the White Walkers since right now we we know the only things that can kill them are dragon glass and Val Valerian steel swords. Both both of them made from dragon fire. So I think she has to play a role in that war in the north. And so they'll I think they'll probably be allies if anything. Plus they all ha hate the Lannisters. They all have that in common. You know what you said about uh, him being able to ride a dragon? Like, just kind of like spitballing after the show and trying to figure out ways that John could find out about his true parentage somehow. I thought I was throwing crazy theories out there too, and I said that I thought, what if he somehow gets in a situation where he gets engulfed in dragon fire and then doesn't die? He doesn't burn. Yeah. And then like, everybody's looking yeah. like, what the fuck? And and everybody's like, how is this possible? And Danny like slowly raises her hand. I know how it's possible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, you know? Like it's, right. it sounds goofy, but like I could see a way where that where it could play out in that in that kind of way. Yeah. And now and Brandon some pops up like, I know how it's possible too. <laughs> right, right. He is a Stark, but he's not my daddy's son. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. that It'll be interesting. I really wish the next season was the last season. Um, I, I kind of just want them to just do 10 really good, really tight episodes and just finish it. I keep hearing they want to do 15. Like, we don't need a 7 and 6, you know, two more seasons. Just tighten that shit up to 10 and, and let's, let's get it done. Yeah, seven That's just kind of how I feel about it. And those are weird numbers. Like a seven, a six episode season, a seven episode. Like those are weird numbers. Why not just make, why not just put out the 13 at once? I think episode, I think HBO just wants to prolong it as long as it can. Because it's, you know, their most popular show in history and everything. But I would much rather them just have a nice, tight final season this next season. And not drag that shit out two more years. Well, you can always make it shorter rather than force it and drag it out and make it longer. So, like, if you feel like you have, and I don't even understand how at this point you could say we have exactly 13 episodes left of material. How could you possibly know that? But even if you did know that, I'm sure you could find a way to pack it into 12 episodes and then split it six and six, even if you want to do that. Like, it's just something about the seven and six thing and my, just my things of, my just issue of things being uneven and, Awkward, yeah weird like and, and who knows that's not really confirmed but we just keep hearing it a lot so i'm like i'm wondering if they're gonna do it well, I but I, I, really just want them to just finish. what was that i just want them to just finish it for god's sake <laughs> yeah i posted an article today that um uh one of them i think benny off said that they said that they wanted to do basically 75 episodes and then followed it by saying like i think we got 13 left so yeah yeah it's looking yeah. like the 13's looking more and more likely yeah i don't know but anyway let's go ahead and finish right, where so, where we leave off we were still talking about the north yeah we um, jump let's go to brand let's go beyond the wall and just finish that we, i well we have one more thing that uh before we move to that we have a couple of things that uh happened before that that we haven't talked about. Uh, we need to talk about the fact that, and we could talk about the full aspect of this because it kind of leads into one of the things that I didn't like, but um, we have uh, Lady Olena in Dorne giving all the Sand Snakes a whole <laughs> whole bunch of lip that I totally loved. And then Varys walks out and we 
put two and two together and see that he was going to Dorne to uh, to build an alliance there and to help uh, Lady Olena get revenge. And, and she made she made the strongest point about uh, Cersei having eliminated her whole future. Like, this, that's it for the Tyrells. Like, they're done. Yeah, they're done. Once she dies, that's the end of their line. Yes. Because it, it, I think it was more brothers, younger brothers in the books, if I'm not mistaken. But they're, they're definitely not on the show. Like, Loris was their only male heir and now Marjorie's gone and yes and the father is gone Mace is gone so yeah she fucked them she fucked them over royally and Lady Olenna still had her army so cause she left with them to go back to Highgarden and I guess it's a good thing she did but yeah when she told Obara she looked like a little boy <laughs> I was like, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't oh, agree she more. all of them. And, uh, and just like, let the grown women speak. So we found out that where Varys was heading when he left Marine was down there to set this alliance. Now, I didn't notice this the first time, but I noticed it on the rewatch because we had talked about it before, how Varys just appeared on the ship at the end with Daenerys. But it looked like... Um, it was all their ships, not just Danny's. Like you could see banners for the Tyrell um, house, and also um, Lord, what's their names? Endorn. Martells. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. And the Martell house. So they're all together at the end. Right, but when sailing on the ships. But still, so, how do you get there? Unless you're implying that they all arrived in Dorne and picked him up. Yeah, maybe they're in the Sea of Dorne now. We just and heading towards wherever. Well, and we just assumed that they were in the narrow sea. Well, since we're on it Well, since we're on it, I'll just touch on it right now. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um The pro my problem with that is no matter what explanation we give, it's still shoddily edited and 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 told like there, yeah. it's it's no matter what the scenario is the fact that we have to create a scenario in which this makes sense means that they told it wrong we shouldn't have yeah. to sit here and create explanations for how it's possible he shouldn't have been you can't say here is Varys and like the last time we saw Varys he was leaving Marine then we see him in Dorne which is fine he said he was leaving he shows up in Dorne cool but you can't come five minutes later and have him leaving from the same spot that he left from in the last episode like now it looks like even if that's not the case even if they stopped in Dorne and picked him up it's still visually to us on screen looks as if he basically went back to Marine it all happened and, in a short amount of time yeah. yeah and left back with them and it's just visually jarring it's sloppily edited it, it doesn't play out well and like I've been telling people in, in on Facebook all day the fact that we have to sit here and come up with explanations for why it could work out is a sign that they fucked up. Like, we shouldn't have and, to... And they didn't even things. need to do it. They could have left you seeing Varys for that last time in Dorne. We didn't need to see him on the ship with Danny. Right. They did it just to have a cool shot. And don't don't give me sloppy right. We could have had the shot, shot, but Varys didn't need to be in it. And, and that would have, you know, made more sense. 
But yeah, I feel what you're saying. And not a single person would have went, "How come Varys isn't there?" Exactly, because we just they saw him. And was, exactly, we all would have said, "Well, Varys isn't Dorne, so." Right. But then everybody, everybody at that moment went, "How's Varys there?" Because they edited it poorly, and it's the same thing with the with the Tristane murder early in the season. How, oh what, yeah, like, it's the exact same thing. And you can come up with explanations for how it was possible, but the fact that we had to sit there, that everybody noticed, and then all everybody has to figure out a way how it's how it could be possible. That's a sign that you did a bad job. And that's all. Yeah. That's all it boils down to. Whether or not it's actually possible, who cares? We can come up with an explanation for anything. But the fact that we have to is a sign that you screwed up. So yeah, I, agree. I I'm that's still like a nitpick though. Like that's a a weak thing for me to like. I, like I wouldn't knock any ratings down because of that. But it's def it was noticeable, and I didn't care for it. But no, now to actually it wasn't necessary. Now, actually, conversely, we can actually use it to transition to back to something we mentioned earlier. I didn't have a problem with how Arya seemingly teleported from Bravos to uh, Westeros, simply because the last time we saw Arya, she said, "I'm going home," <laughs> and then the next time we see her, she's in Westeros. So even and, if you and don't know that how she got there, episodes ago, right? What was that episode eight? Yeah. So. Even so we had time, you know. She wasn't even in last episode at all, right? No. So yeah, so it makes sense to see her in Westeros now because we haven't seen her in a while, and last time we did, she said she was going home. Right. So I didn't have any problem with her popping up in Westeros because we don't know how much time's passed, and the last time we saw her, she said that's where she was going. So fine with that. Now, um, as far as Arya goes, so like we mentioned earlier when we were talking about Jamie and Walder Frey, uh, the one girl was eyeballing uh, Jamie, and uh, she brings the uh, Frey pie to Walder Frey and <laughs> containing the contents of his children, which uh, George R. R. Martin clearly stole from The Simpsons. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, from South Park. And um, I, I'm I'm 100% I'm sure he stole that from South Park. There's no way. Like the, the 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 feeding feeding someone's relatives to them in food, like I mean, no, that predates South Park. But the way it, it was does. done on Game of Thrones is very similar to South Park, except South Park it was chilly. That was the only difference. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, she feeds him feeds him his pie with his kids in it, and um. <laughs> And then slits his throat and holds it open and lets him bleed out and looks like he has a great deal of satisfaction. Uh, oh. So my question to you is, how did you feel about the way that scene played out? I think we had mentioned it already. I really loved it. I thought because it, it was kind of reminiscent of when they slit Cat's throat in the same room. Well, well yeah, yeah, we, we, we like, mentioned it, but uh, what? Well, I guess I could have been more specific. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to get at is how you felt about the face thing. I had no problem with it. I saw some people on Facebook complaining about it later. Mm -hmm. um, about how did she learn how to take a face or whatever. Like, for all we know, she could have packed that away from the <laughs> when she left, you know. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't have an issue with it. I don't know why people do. I think it's just because we don't know how the face thing works. And 
part of the part of the and, reason I don't have an issue with it is because we don't know how the face thing works. They they haven't clearly explained that. Cause like she had a face on when she killed Marin Chen. Like this isn't the first time she's worn a face. Yeah, but they it's not like okay, so they haven't clearly defined the idea of say taking a face off of the wall and using it. Because we've also seen Jacken or the Waif, I can't remember which one, wearing the other person's face. I think Jack I think the Waif I think Jack and head on the waif's face or something like that. But like in the, in the scene where Arya goes blind because Jack and swallows the poison and she thinks it's Jack and then he dies and then he turns, she, she turns around and then it, it was the waif, but now it's Jack and again, like, so the fact that one living person had another living person's face lets you know that it's not necessarily like a physical, I'm taking this face off of the wall and using it. No, it's a little bit of magic involved. But yeah, on the show, they haven't really done a good job with the House of Black and White, like at all. In my opinion, it was um. Yeah. We just watched her wash bodies forever, and her and Jack and speak funny to her. Like it. They just haven't. Uh, I just I didn't think they did that part of, part of it well, and um. But I still don't understand why people really have a problem with it. Well, that's why I don't have a problem with it, because I'd have a problem with it if we had a defined set of rules on how that works, and then we saw something that didn't make sense. Whereas right now, we don't even, like, really all I take from it is that it's magic. Like, that's really all I take from it, is that it's yeah. magic. And with it's magic, but that it, means there are no rules. So. And if you remember back in, shit, what was that, season two? No, season three. When did she meet Jock in the first time? Season, I want to say three. When he took off his, changed his face in front of her, it was a lot more animated. Like, you could tell it was magic involved. That it was wasn't just four. put on a mask. It was a, whatever season it was. But remember season when he changed, four, when he left and he gave her the coin and right. so that you could tell then it was a lot more magic involved because it kind of happened right in front of her and uh, it was a little bit more shocking. But I think maybe because it was so long ago, people forgot. And plus, they just really didn't do that great of a job with the House of Black and White anyway. No, but anyway, I, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, it seemed fine to me. I didn't even realize people had a problem with it until like this morning <laughs> when I was going through Facebook. I'm like, oh, people were upset about that, but yeah, whatever. You can't make everybody happy. Right. Everybody has their stuff. So, so. Uh, one more thing before we head over to uh, Bran. Uh, we have a scene in Marine where uh, Daenerys basically tells Dario, like, your time plowing me is at an end. <laughs> you, you're going to stay here and hold it down here, and I'm rolling on without you, and she gives Tyrion a nice little hand of the queen pin which i thought was kind of cute i wasn't mad about that i was like oh i think everything would... that happens with Tyrion is cute because he's small so like if she gave it to an adult and we're like oh yeah cool that was kind of badass but when you give it to a dwarf it's like oh so but yeah because <laughs> he's small he has a small little pin on now it's like a little like a little dog I thought, it, I thought it was a really sweet gesture but to me 
I like Tyrion because he's Tyrion. Of course, we know Tyrion. But to me, I don't think we've seen enough with them, really, for her to trust him that much. I 100% agree. I mean, after all, he is a Lannister. And they've had a few conversations, but most of the time for what he was doing with Marine, she wasn't there. And when she came back, everything, it went to shit. So for her to trust him this much to make him her hand, it just it just seemed a little improbable to me. I mean, I thought it was sweet because, you know, I like Tyrion, and of course he's been hand before, and of course we know she can trust him, but she, to me she doesn't know that. I don't think they've had enough time together for to really build trust. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I absolutely agree. So that was my thoughts on it. Yeah, definitely. Although, definitely anything with Tyrion, I do love, especially when he's not walking around with Varys and Marine doing absolutely nothing. So. Yeah. So, uh, we head over to, uh, I guess, just outside the wall. Benjen drops off Bran, literally. And, uh. <laughs> How fucked up was that? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for the feedback. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, Benjen, Benjen literally drops off Bran and says that he can't uh, cross the wall because the wall is magic, which uh, I think book readers already know and that they've hinted at on the show. Um, and then Bran touches the weirwood tree and we get the reveal of R plus L equals J. It looks to be legit. That's what I thought too. And then I'm hearing that now it's all of these... Um Theories that Rhaegar is not the father. I don't want to hear that. Okay, where did that come from? And they're like, well, why, why didn't they let us hear the whole conversation? I'm like, just because probably because it wasn't necessary. (laughs) It's not, and like you, they gave us everything we needed to know, and I think it was just artistic license. Like we don't need to. I do this all the time on Facebook. Like I'll, I'll, I'll make a status that's intentionally vague. And people who are smart are able to piece together what I mean, and people who aren't will ask. Or they'll just <laughs> sit there and furrow their brows in confusion. But the, I think that's what they did. They, they looked at it like our viewers are smart. They already know that people have been hypothesizing about this forever. It's the biggest, For about 15 years right, now. <laughs> it's, the biggest, it's the biggest theory on the show at this point with this amount of, with this number of fans Anybody who does any kind of extensive research or reading about the show is probably aware of this theory. They've already hinted at it throughout the course of the show. I came up with the theory just based off what I saw on TV with no book knowledge or research whatsoever. So they know. Yeah, especially last season. Was it last season? Yeah. It might have been. Because Nathan was back in Winterfell. And then they really started building up. They had when Peter Baelish was talking to her about Lyanna when they were in the the tombs. And, like, they really, really went for it last season. So I thought everybody kind of knew by now. And so now people are, who are John's, who's, who's Jon Snow's dad? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I think that's why they didn't just flat out do it because they look like, okay, look, most of these people already know by this point. We don't need to spell it out for them. But we'll give them a taste and we'll we'll do it artistically. So they gave us the little fractured bit of speech. I heard uh, if Robert finds out, he'll kill him. 
and uh, then of course the the iconic "Promise Me," and then then they did a a uh, oh, I used to know the name of the transition. Uh, oh gosh, it's throwing the tip of my tongue, but the transition from the baby's face into John's face. If that's not I mean, I mean, granted, I mean, it, obviously it shows that that's supposed to be John, and I guess it could leave in question for, I guess, a more novice viewer who the father is. But with her saying, if Robert finds out, he'll kill him, when they've established in season one that Robert has a passionate hatred for Targaryens, it okay, so who else could it be? Right. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they confirmed it without spelling it out for us like we're idiots. And everybody already kind of knows, so I, I I don't see any any room for it being anything other than the confirmed L, R plus L equals J. It's that's right. what it is. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I I know people probably thought it was a little underwhelming, or why didn't they just flat out say it? But for me, it was just a thing of like, hey, I'm. And then uh, actually, DJ Tim Hines, who we're gonna read some of his feedback in a bit he thought that scene sucked and he's like, it should have been attached to the original scene from the, the original tower of joy flashback. And I just kind of looked at it like, again, they already know that we already know. And I, if you're, if you're the double D's, wouldn't you save that for the finale? Like, it's like, yeah, I would have liked, I mean, it would have been cool to have it back then, but that was like what episode two, like, who, like yeah, that was very early this season. You're really going to confirm the biggest the biggest plot point and the biggest storyline and the biggest theory for the show, aside from who will ultimately end up on the Iron Throne in episode two, like yeah, you're gonna save you're gonna save your big gun for the finale. So I, I didn't have any problem with that. I thought it was cool, and I, like I said, it was it was cool to get it confirmed. We had a whole bunch of big heavy shit that happened in the episode, and that was just another, you know, that was the icing on the cake. That was a cherry on top. We got the R plus L equals J. So I was happy with that. Yeah, me too. I, I'm glad it's finally confirmed. I think because I'm I'm tired. We do so much speculation for the show, and the books just because it's been so long. I think the first book came out in '99, and he's still not done telling this story. So people have so much time to just speculate and come out with theories. So I'm I'm glad when stuff gets confirmed, so we can you know know about it and then move on to the next thing so yeah and i was glad and the show invites that kind of analysis and we could just right. kind of sit back and just kind of like let the story hit us and just let let everything play out but part of the fun in watching this is that we take it so seriously we get so involved and care so much about what's going on that we spend all this all of our free time obsessing over it and coming up with theories and of course, when you're spending all that time and coming up with all these theories, some are bound to be right. And so I can, I'm not going to knock, uh, I'm not going to knock the double D's or George R. R. Martin for uh, when I figure out a theory correctly, because there's no way you could, there's no way they could have presented or confirmed R plus L equals J and still made it impactful, because we all, everybody already knew. There's no way yeah. you could do that. So even at this point, it's been all over the Internet. It's like everywhere for the past couple of years, especially. So I, I felt the same way about when when John came back and people thought that John's resurrection was underwhelming. And I'm like, we all we all knew that this was what was going to happen. So if you were. George, I thought they 
Good job with that, actually. I did too. I think if you if you're George and you come up with this great idea to kill off this main character in your fifth book, and you're gonna bring him back, and uh, you have all this shit planned out, and then over the course of however many years between uh, dance and now, people figure out how John comes back. You can't just change it. You're not gonna just change your your baby just because a whole bunch of people figure it out. So now it's on the double Ds. To, he, he's to, actually even said that before. Like, he will get mad and he thinks about changing it, and then he's like, nah. Yeah, yeah you're not going <laughs> to do that. I think it came out like 2011, so that we got five your, years. Yeah, that's not your vision. You're not going to change your vision because people figured it out. Now, it's his fault that he took so long to put the next book out, but you're still, you're not going to change it just because people figured it out. And I thought for... That, that was a, a big challenge for the Double Ds to be able to basically tell a story that we already know the ending end result of. And I, and thought, I that, actually thought they did it really well on the show because even though we kind of knew it was happening, like the way they made it seem like it didn't work and, you know, exactly. I, I, I thought they did a good job. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what people were expecting. I felt like they were expecting like, a witch to come in and put stuff in a boiling pot and say a spell and like wave her hands and then lightning strikes like Barry Allen and like like I don't know what you're expecting but like I it I thought that it was a great resurrection so I I don't I don't know I didn't understand why people were so dissatisfied with the two things that have been figured out for quite some time and that were still despite the fact that you knew were delivered in a way that it was still cool to watch so I don't know. I didn't get that. Agreed. Uh, so, yeah, with all my little issues with the episode, and they were just little small things. The Tower of Joy scene wasn't anything that bothered me. Um, I was just glad to have it done and confirmed already. Same. So, so. I think we've covered everything because I, I, the last stuff I got we already talked about. So I guess the last thing that we could talk about is Cersei taking the Iron Throne. Um, <laughs> I I saw a lot of people saying, like, um, how's that work? How does Cersei get to be the queen? And I thought that they covered that in the show. Because, like, you see Cersei getting the crown and Kyburn saying his deal, and they cut to the crowd, and the crowd is looking with this kind of look like, this isn't right, but she yeah, just killed all the whole rest of the city, so I'm not going to say shit. Like, and that, that's how Cersei's queen. She killed everybody else, so no one's, everyone's going to be too scared to go to say anything about it. And, like I said, it's, it's, it should be a Baratheon. There are none of them left. Mm -hmm. um, so then if it goes to the Queen's family... See, I don't, I don't even know at that point, because like I would think it would go to a Tyrell, but she pretty much killed all of them except Lady Olena. I, I don't know. See, I don't know how that works through marriage and stuff, but, like, she's there, and she just killed everybody, so, yeah, give her the crown for she blows us up. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's probably what they're on, because I was thinking about And like you said, there's nobody left. I, I think technically, and I, I think I read this in an article, I think technically it would go to Jamie, because I think after Tommen, it was... Houseway. Huh? Houseway. <laughs> Tell me about Houseway. <laughs> Um, because I think that I read, like, the way the parentage goes, it's something like, not the parentage, but the way the, the way that whole thing works out, that there's some way where 
if Tommen were to die, it would go to uh, Tywin because of Tywin's. Uh, it wasn't even because of Tywin being handed the king. It was, it was something else having to do with Tywin. Maybe because he was the father of the queen. Possibly, I can't. I can't remember the. Even still, with Tommen being married to Marjorie, though, I would think if the, all the Baratheons were gone, I would think it would go to a Tyrell. And it's only one left. <laughs> yeah, it would. The reason it. The reason it was it. Whatever article I read, the reason that they said it would go to Tywin had nothing to do with that. It had to do with. Uh, well, it must follow the king. Tywin's son. ancestors. Because it, it was something oh. like. Um, uh, oh. Uh, Tywin and. I don't know. It was something with Tywin's ancestors and how it tied into either Baratheon or Targaryen. Something like that. I can't remember. But it had something to do with Tywin's ancestors. And then it was like, so it, w it would be Ty Tywin because there'd be no more Baratheons. And then since Tywin's dead. Then it would go to Jamie, just off of uh, having no other options. <laughs> so, well, if it's whatever I read, it, it was crazily crazy hypothetical and like all kinds of like technical stuff that no one would ever actually look at. But someone well, did. Some no, research. that might that might explain how it goes to Cersei then, because Jamie couldn't take the throne. Being a king's guard, he kind of gives up his. Actually, that's exactly His, what the rest of the article said. I forgot. It did say that. It's, it said after Tywin yeah, would well, go to Jamie. Yeah, he's in a king's guard. Yeah, it said after Tywin would go to Jamie, but because Jamie can't do it, then it would go to Cersei. Yep, because it wouldn't go to, because with Tyrion being a criminal and all of that, yep, that's right. how Cersei would do it. That makes sense. Yeah, but the only thing is that that's, it was so complicated that there's no way that that's what they're going to give us on the show. I think the show was just right. going for she scared the shit out of everybody and took it. Like that that's <laughs> she's the new usurper. The yeah, she's the new usurper. So I, I think that's that's what the show's gonna give us. Cause the, the shot of the you know, and, gave that away. Yeah, oh yeah, they were scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. They were scared shitless. And I and two I think with her you know, I I've never felt like she really loved Jamie or really I never felt that she really loved anyone besides her children but I always felt like she just kind of used Jamie to get what she wants like she does everybody else but I don't know I kind of love that final scene between them the way they're looking at each other mm -hmm. it was just it was like you know usually they're all all we have is each other and and you know this and that and this and that and it almost looked like they're kind of at odds now even though they haven't spoken I don't know it's just a look not just he was giving her but even the one she gave him it's just very interesting to me so you just stepped all over so my you, wife's feet you just stepped all over my wife's feet hello what happened that was weird I got an echo of myself yeah did you hear that yeah oh. I heard it too okay I said, so you just stepped all over my wife's feedback. But that's fine. <laughs> she, asked, oh, she asked, how do we sorry. interpret Jamie's reaction uh, when he returned to King's Landing? <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of the show. We have to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. I didn't get we to lead talk. into it with, my wife said. 
and then you say this is how we interpreted it oh. but whatever it's fine okay well go ahead it's too late now <laughs> why didn't she join us anyway she sleep oh <laughs> yeah. i said it was gonna be late so yeah but um but yeah um, so she asked me how... I'm just glad we got feedback. Why don't you go ahead and lead into it? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start with the feedback. I, um, to, to, I guess, piggyback on what you said, she asked about... Oh, I've asked about Jamie's reaction to Return to King's Landing. And I wanted to actually touch on a theory that she proposed, which I think is actually pretty solid. She said, what if Euron aligns himself with Cersei? Because of all of the... Hold on. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Say that again. You went out a little bit. Uh, she said, what if Euron aligns himself with Cersei? Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot all about his ass. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't show him at all. And we know that he has, theoretically, a whole lot of ships. And he's looking to align himself with a queen. And we know that Daenerys has a whole lot of people, including his family, who do not fuck with him. And so she was like, what if he aligns himself with Cersei? And I thought, that could work, but there's a very big gold-handed problem with that. And uh, I could see that being a situation where they end up in a, not a threesome, but not in a good a good threesome way, a bad threesome. With, uh, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, with Jamie like, Euron and if Cersei. If Euron proposes marriage or something to align their houses exactly. or whatever. And, exactly. and that that's really... She would kind of have to take it because she has no allies anywhere in Westeros right now. That's exactly what my wife said. And then I said... My rails are gone. Like, every little finger is now... Well, see, little finger can change, too. Um, That's the thing about him. If all he wants to sit on the Iron Throne... I guess he doesn't really have a house, though, because House Aaron still belongs to Lord Aaron, technically. He's just a stepfather. But Littlefinger could still, you know, betray Sansa and them and go back in a line with Cersei. That's something, another possibility. But, um, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I hadn't even thought about it, because to be honest, I haven't thought about Euron in about three episodes. Yeah. So, but I kind of forgot all about it. Yes, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and like what you said about her uh, not having any other allies, and I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and that'd be a perfect move for him, but I'm like, the only issue is, like, there's no way that happens while Jamie's alive. He might, ha he's probably gonna have to kill Jamie to pull that off. Yeah. Um, so or, unless he sends Jamie away, like, He'd have to marry like, her first she, to even have the power to do that, right? No, Cersei could send oh, Jamie said, away. Oh, I thought you said he sends Jamie away. Oh, okay. No, she even. Because I honestly think more than anything, she wants the power. I, I definitely think she'd sacrifice Jamie for the power. She could send him on another Kingsguard mission, marry Euron while she's gone. But I honestly. I don't think, she might align her house, but I don't think she would do it by her marriage because she doesn't want to give up the power. And for her to marry Euron, for him to become king, she would lose her power. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I guess. A part of me kind of feels like if she's queen, she's queen, she's married. Because the king has all the power. 
it, 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 I don't know. It just kind of makes me feel like if she marries, a, if she's queen and she marries a man, that he just kind of becomes like first lady. But, <laughs> but, but that's not how it works. They follow the king. They follow the males in yeah, this uh, world. That's what I was about to say. They follow the king, but he's not the king. He's the guy that married the queen. Like, I, it, that one, it's, it's a weird distinction, I, I but I think there's yeah. something of a distinction. There. But it, it would still make him king. And I kind of think they want to do this for next season. I think they want women against women, so to speak. So we got, you know, we got Lady Olena. We've got... Um, uh, the lady in Dor, Dorn, I can't think of her name, Oberyn's mistress. Uh, we've got Dan we've got Danny. We've got Yara. And now we've got Cersei. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We've got all these big armies and they're pretty much all led by women now. The only men ruling right now are all in the north dealing with their own stuff. So it makes sense that he would present the offer to her, and I definitely would see her wanting to somehow align their houses, but I don't think she's going to marry him because she doesn't want to become second fiddle. She wants to sit on the Iron Throne herself. She doesn't want to give it up right. to the king. Yeah, I can see that. So um... When Robert was alive, he had no power. When Joffrey was alive, even his queen mother, she had no power. When Tommen became queen, king, even though he was a little boy, she she had to connive in order to get her power, to use power. You know, I think she wants the power more than anything. and uh, Or people she can manipulate to keep it. And Euron is not the type to be manipulated. So I, I kind of don't see it happening. But it is interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't see it happening. Well, I'm not going to say I don't see it happening, but... Uh, it could possibly happen in a different way, but uh, uh, yeah, it it has its flaws. But I think it's a good yeah. theory. I mean, if she she's desperate enough, like you said, she has no friends. None. And she, the, the Lannisters had to lose a, a nice little part of their army too, in the in the set. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them, a lot of them were with Jamie, so they're good. But like. <sighs> You know, all the Kevin's guards and everything, they're gone. And, like, the Lannister has no friends. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't even have the phrase anymore, you know? Nope. So. So, um. Yeah, but it it definitely be interesting. So, uh, we need to wrap this up so I can go to bed and get my little bit of sleep. So. Let's uh, get into this last bit of feedback we got from uh, DJ Tim Hines over at the Small Council podcast. Um, if you listen, if you're listening to this right now and you like Game of Thrones, then you definitely need to listen to that podcast. It's uh, called Small the Small Council Podcast. Uh, Twitter is at Small Council Pod, I believe, and uh, his Twitter is at DJ Tim Hines with two M's in Tim. Um, he sent a couple of uh, questions. Uh, the first is how does the first is the best one. How does Benjamin expect Bran and Mira to get south of the wall, especially with Bran's non-working legs and no hold or to carry him? That was, to me, was the funniest part of the episode. Like, at first it was kind of touching. He was saying goodbye and explaining to them how he can't go through the wall because of the magic. 
And then he hopped on his horse and rode away. And, and Bran is just laying there <laughs> like a paraplegic <laughs> against the tree trunk. And I'm like, damn, he couldn't even leave them the horse? <laughs> the best part, the best part so about leaving Bran places is that he doesn't just kind of like sit there like a cripple. He always kind of has like this sexy pose. Like he always laying sexy, like on his side, <laughs> like uh, up on his elbow. Like he, then he'll have his like his other arm draped across his leg. I'm like, why does he like look like a Victoria's Secret model? Like they always have very um, sexy posed. But um, yeah. and 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 me just rode away, and poor Mira standing there looking helpless. <laughs> they don't even have that little sled thing she was pulling them on when they first left the um the the Raven. So they they don't they don't even have that. So, I mean, he literally just dipped on them. I was like, wow, that's so bold. <laughs> so, uh, aside from Bran warging into a surgeon and repairing his back, how do you think that they actually get, how do you think they actually get there? Do, do you have any idea? I bet you they'll skip ahead and, and show them at the wall next season. It won't even mm -mm. explain. No, no. <laughs> or maybe she like a sled. They they <laughs> He's like, good not. luck with the White Walkers, and he just leaves. Mm -mm. I, I, I don't know. No, they got to come up with a vibe. I don't know. They'll, they'll probably show her pulling him on something. But, yeah, that that was that was crazy. I'm like, why didn't he leave them the horse? Like... <laughs> yeah, I don't... They, I don't know. They're going to have to come up with a viable explanation. They can't just have her pop up. I mean, have him pop up. They can't do that. I have a feeling. I guess we'll see in ten months. No, they they better not. They better not. I'd be pissed. <laughs> no, and especially as they went out of their way to show how far he was away. Like if Benjamin had dropped him off at the base of the wall, and then they pop up on wow. the, you know on the other side or at the top, then I can say okay. But they're well, not even near the wall yet. Yeah, they yeah, they're not even near. He was far. So like, no, they can't just have him pop up. He's gonna need some help or. Like I say, he's gonna have to warg into something. Maybe a warg into something that'll pick him up. Like maybe, maybe they'll do that. Maybe uh, I don't know. Um, where's his die? Wait, no, Summer died. Maybe like who knows? Maybe like Nymeria will pop up, right? And then he'll like ride Nymeria back or something. Who knows? That could be it. We don't know yeah. what Nymeria is. Maybe. No, maybe she is north of the wall somewhere. We haven't seen her in several seasons now, so who knows? But um. Yeah, that was that was crazy how they did that. Yeah, I, they could have done it so much better. I I don't know. Yeah, or they could have even had Benjamin stay there while he, while he you know has the vision. Like he didn't have to leave him right now. He could have just explained to him, "I can't go through the wall with you because of the magic." But he didn't have to like leave. So you show them being all, they're all helpless, and you're thinking, how in the world are they going to get to the wall now? Yeah, well, makes no sense. I got an idea. I got an idea. A legit idea, too. Not a joking one. He's not going to work into a surgeon. I take that one back. Um, I think maybe he will work into a raven, and then maybe Mira can maybe write a, you know, write a letter on a scroll, and he works into the raven and delivers the scroll to to the wall saying hey Brandon Stark is outside the wall he's crippled and need a ride and they send somebody to get him Something I don't think they're going to anybody not with the, what they've seen north of the wall you don't think I don't know but you, you remember when he first met the three eyed raven and 
He told him, you'll never walk again, but you'll fly. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He'll walk into a bird and fly, fly and get help. I don't think it's Vogue, because, I mean, he could Vogue into an animal and walk. So I think it has to be something more... his actual body, though. Magical. What? No, I said that doesn't, but that wouldn't transport his actual physical body. Like, I, I th he's going to have to work. No, Vogue would No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if the Three-Eyed Raven told him, you'll never walk again, but you'll fly, he wasn't referring to Vogue because he could Vogue into something and walk. You know what I'm saying? I think it has to be something more magical than that. Maybe Bran himself will be able to learn how to fly or something. I don't know. Or maybe he can command like a ravens to like fly around him and pick him up. Or I I don't know. That it have to be something major. I still I think. think that's how he can get to the wall. Like maybe that's not. Maybe he doesn't stay crippled for the rest of the series. But I think in the short term of like, hey, I need to get to the wall. I can see like him warging into a bird and then delivering a message that way and having somebody come get him. I could see that happening. Like I'd buy that if that happened. I mean, I don't even think he would have to do that. If that was the case, he could just vogue into somebody that's at the wall and have them come get him. <laughs> Maybe it's like um, like Nightcrawler and the X-Men where he can only teleport to places he can see. <laughs> so maybe he can only like work into something he can see like I mean that sounds goofy but every time we've seen him do it, it it's been something he, he could see so maybe that's like a rule that we don't yeah, know about yet who knows that's true. Uh, so, who knows I wonder if there are any children left alive or if they're all dead now maybe some of the children will find them and take them I don't know yeah so um, last two questions uh, we'll kind of pose them as one question since they're related. He said, who will serve as Queen Cersei's council and is King's Landing That's even significant it. anymore? Um, I think it's, it's significant as long as the Iron Throne is there because that's ultimately what the show is about, who will sit on the Iron Throne. As far as her council, all she's got left really is Clyburn. And you can say Jamie, but she never really seems to listen to Jamie, so I don't know. I, and I kind of think they'll be at odds going into the next season. I, I have a feeling her and Jamie will be at odds a little bit. So as far as her counsel, I think it's going to consist of Clyburn, and that's pretty that's much it. it since everyone else is dead unless they start introducing new characters at this point. Or maybe Euron will show up and and that'll be their relationship. Maybe the he makes them hand. He can be the master of ships. Yeah. <laughs> or or hand of the king even. Who knows? I don't I mean you never know what, what they're gonna do with this show. Isn't that an actual, but that could be isn't that an actual role on the council, Master of Ships? I think so. Yeah, master Ships for a master guy from the Iron Islands. But I mean she has nobody else on the council. <laughs> Like her council chamber is empty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't oh, she's got Clyburn in the mountain who doesn't talk. Oh, the mountain. Yeah, he could be on it. He could be silent but deadly. You could have him on there. Uh, maybe. Uh, He's more Kingsguard, I think. He'll probably be head of her Kingsguard. Who? 
the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any. Uh, she might make Jimmy the hand. She might make him the hand. That would be the most. Because I know she was pissed when. Uh, <laughs> I I know. <laughs> Remember how pissed she was at Robert for making uh Ned the hand instead of Jamie? So maybe she'll make Jamie her hand. But I don't know. I kind of feel like they'll be at odds a little bit. So maybe Euron will come there looking for allies, and maybe he'll serve on the council. Um, and that's pretty much it. She has no friends, at least that we know of. I feel like even better than making him the hand would be like him suggesting it and her dismissing it. Like maybe I could be the hand, and then she looks at him <laughs> like, "Yeah, yeah, be the hand." Like, and then just like snickers and walks away. Like I feel like that would be even funnier than actually having him be that the most ironic hand of the king ever. Like, literally, that's what you have is your hand. I know. Uh, yeah, I can't I know. anybody else. But she, literally, she has nobody else. She's got Clyburn and Jamie for now. Because I don't think that's going to last. You know what she might do is eliminate the small council altogether. Because the small council almost kind of plays as, like, not a democracy because the king still has final say but it's taking other people's opinions into account and if you don't have a small council it's just like okay what I say goes so what if she even takes it so far as to almost like fire Kyburn like okay you served your purpose now get the hell out and now nobody is any kind of royal say has any kind of royal say but me like I could see I could see her doing that like turning literally everybody against her even Kyburn I cool. don't think she would turn Clyburn because she has nobody. And literally when she walked naked to the Red Keep, like he was the only one that was there for her. He created the mountain to protect her. Um, but that would make it she more needs, like, I don't think she'll do no it though. Like, crazy, but she's not that crazy. You, She knows she's not you that can't crazy. rule without <laughs> An alliance, but she just killed everybody. Like, like I don't and see she would have no her. reason now, unless he crosses her in some way or doesn't do something she says. But right now, he does whatever she asks, and that's what she wants. She wants yes men. She doesn't want people who contest her or who you know. She wants people who he just goes along with whatever she says, and those are the kind of people she likes to surround herself with. I just think they're trying to... So I see her and Jamie odds because Jamie's going to speak up and say his opinion, and if it doesn't align with what she wants to do, then that's going to create tension between them. But Clyburn is a yes man, so I don't see him going anywhere. But I think we're at the end Not of Not unless Jamie kills him. I think we're at the end of her acting rationally. Like, I think they're trying to parallel her with the Mad King, and I could see her burning bridges yeah. pun intended and just kind of like just totally acting irrationally doing all kinds of stuff that doesn't make sense going mad with power uh shunning people who were previously helping her like i could see all of that and it, it could ultimately end up in a point where the same way it ended up with with the mad king where jamie has to kill her or something like i, I, I see her, her. i see the parallels yeah. between her and Ares, and i feel like they can they are possibly going in that direction and I think part of the way you start to build that is by having her isolate herself. 
and I could see her do it. Like she's already killed yeah. everybody. All she has is Kyber in the mountain, and it will make perfect sense in the in the way that it doesn't make sense. Like it, like on the surface, you would go, "Why would she shun the one guy who's always been there for?" Her? But that's gonna be how they signify her descent into some kind of madness with powers. Like she's gonna, you know, backstab the one guy who's been there for. Her. Like I don't need anybody's help. I don't need anybody's advice. I'm Cersei. I'm queen, and I'm crazy. Like I could see them going in that direction. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe I don't even think she really would take his advice, but she needs somebody to do her bidding. <laughs> and I just I feel like he's the 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 Doctor Frankenstein that does her bidding. <laughs> I don't know. Um, as far but as yeah, you could very well be right. I definitely start to see her descending now. She has absolutely nothing left but this throne that everybody else wants and. We'll see how far she'll go to keep it. We already know she 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 has no ends. Like she'll kill everybody. So it it should just be interesting. I think her biggest enemy is a, is herself. She had a great scene with Tywin a few seasons back, and um, where she was confronting him about uh, something or not taking her counsel or whatever, and he told her, you know, you're really not as smart as you think you are. And I think that's always been her problem. She thinks she's a lot more clever than she actually is. So I definitely see her descending because um, she's just she's not as smart as she thinks she's it she is, and she really has nobody around her to you know advise her that she'll actually listen to. She's not going to listen to Jamie. She thinks she's she can do it all. She thinks she can destroy all her enemies. She thinks, you know, she can do whatever she wants. So I definitely can agree that she'll descend into madness. But um, we'll just have to see how it plays out. God, I can't believe we got to wait 10 months for this shit. That's the worst part of a Game of Thrones season finale. Good Lord. Yeah. What are we going to do with now and then? Rewatches, podcasts, and... More rewatches. Yeah. And then more podcasts. Sounds good. So, uh, do you have I know you want to wrap up with getting late. No, I'm good with the episode. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm good too. Uh, I think the last thing I wanted to mention was that, uh, as far as whether or not King's Landing is significant anymore, I think that, uh, actually, it was one of DJ Tim Hines' theories was that he thought that. Uh, all of King's Landing was going to burn. And the only reason that I wasn't on board with that theory, and give him his credit, he was partially right with uh, but with that. But the reason that I, I wasn't fully on board with that theory is because burning down all of King's Landing, it's almost like, well, what are you doing this for anymore? And that, that would have been yeah. my question was, how is, with no King's Landing and no Iron Throne, what's the point? What, what, what did yeah. what is everything that has preceded this happen? happened for it's all gone so i yeah. think as long as the iron so, throne stands then king's landing is still significant agreed uh, agreed so, yeah. and this and it's going to be a lot of drama there next season i think because pretty much with danny on her way to westeros um aligned with the house martell house tyrell all of that i think everything we see for these next two seasons is going to be the North, between Winterfell and the Wall, 
and King's Landing. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we might spot check different areas here and there, but it's it's really no stories going on any anywhere else right now. So that's that. So you got anything else you wanted to mention? Nope, I'm good. I am as well. So um All right. I guess if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can catch me at uh Michael underscore Aaron on Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter? You don't even use it, but it I don't even remember. It's been so long since I tweeted. It's uh at B Rock Steady. Okay. But um, and, uh, you actually, can... I'll just tweet to you, and you can tweet out my signature, there we go. my handle, because I don't remember it. Wow. I used to tweet so much, and I barely get on now. Yep. So uh, you can catch uh any other podcast where uh we talk about. Uh, DC comic shows or comic shows in general we've been kind of slacking on that but uh, I'm working on a plan for how we're going to revamp that for upcoming episodes but that's uh, that's for another time but uh, you can catch that podcast uh, it's called Earth's Mightiest Cast uh, the Twitter is at Mightiest Cast and if you're listening on the What Up Though feed you can catch uh, other episodes of What Up Though Podcast uh, it's What Up Though Podcast is the name of it the Twitter is at What Up Though Podcast. Uh, my co-host on the other episodes is at Blame Otis. Totally different vibe than you get right here. No geek shit on there. We're just talking all kinds of crazy, vulgar, pop culture topics and uh, shit that's going on. So uh, you want some real fucking gutter conversation about politics or pop culture or sh- whatever's whatever's going on Usually in the news. all kind of current events. Yeah, current events. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think that's all. I have my Twitter handle. Oh, okay. At underscore Rocksteady. Oh, there's an underscore. <laughs> I'm, so, you couldn't get it without the yeah. underscore? <laughs> nope. Wow. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so all right. Until else? next time, guys. All right. See you. Um, Peace. Peace.